The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne. And we are absolutely thrilled to have you with us for another exciting episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. Oh, you're thrilled today, not delighted. I, I am thrilled today, just not <laughs> delighted. I'm thrilled. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. If you are a subscriber or a regular listener, have you shared your feedback about the show to the world? Be sure to hit the share button and invite someone else to our adventurous conversations. And as always, if you have a topic idea or scenario that you'd like us to cover, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org and leave us a note. So... What is our teaching topic for today, Dr. Payne? So we have a hot topic today. I'm really excited to get into this. It's living with open wounds, uh, what it means to deal with the trauma and hurts and pains of the past and how they can show up and impact your future. Oh, so you're going all the way there. I'm going all the way there. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to bless you. Oh, okay. Let's see. But before we get into uh, the topic today, I'm so interested to know what's going on in that pretty little head of yours. What's going on in Marissa land? Oh, okay. So in the spirit of going there, I wanted to talk about um, some celebrity clapback that I saw Mm -hmm. on the interwebs this week. It was very interesting and very relevant, I thought, to us and our show is about appropriate attire for women of faith. Mm. I know. Now, before I jump into this, I do want to say that I'm like teetering on my comfort zone here because, you know, I don't want this to be like a gossip show by any stretch. And I don't necessarily like using people's names that I don't know or I don't, you know, I'm not in the business of trashing anybody's name that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you don't have feelings. Sure. But at the same same time, I think it's important to mention the names because otherwise I'm like, well, this person and then this person. So at the risk of, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone, I'm going to share the celebrities names, but only because there it's it was already out in the public. Sure. It's already in the public square. Exactly. So Megan Good, Mm -hmm. actress who is married to Devon Franklin, who is like a film producer, author, and who also happens to be a minister Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. or motivational speaker, whole shebang. So, you know, he and his wife co-wrote The Weight, which I haven't necessarily read, but it talks about abstaining from sex until you're married and all that good stuff. I think he has actually a new book now that really is talking about um, talking, targeting men in particular and, Mm -hmm. you know, how they love or don't know how to love and all that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the context. Well, Megan posted a picture of herself on the gram in a bikini, you know, turned to the back. Right. And she got a little heat for that little flack for it. Mm. And one of the viewers, you know, said, aren't you married to a pastor? This is cute, but it's not appropriate. And so Megan said, LOL, no, I'm not married to a pastor. I'm married to a film producer who is also a minister, motivational speaker. But with that being said, I don't think pastors' wives are expected to go swimming in trash bags or turtlenecks. Ouch. Right? I love it. (laughs) 
So a lot, right? Mm. It's a whole bunch of stuff in what I said was her clapback. I shouldn't say clapback. It was just her response. Yeah, it, um, it, it sounds like a fairly uh, benign response. Not really a clapback, but definitely uh, she made her feelings known. She made her feelings known, yes, right? So yes. what do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, I, I agree with uh, Megan on this one. I think that, you know, uh, obviously... Um, there is some degree of uh, modesty that you would hope for. But I, I, I also think when you are going swimming, you wear a bathing suit and you want to post a picture. I think it's fine. Really? Yes. Really? Really? I don't even know who you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fine. I Did think- you see the photo? Uh, in all disclosure, I haven't seen the photo. Okay. I have not seen the photo. Uh, but but the one thing I definitely never like to get involved with is legislating how other people should live based on what their title is in society. And I feel like because you're this, you ought to rise to my subjective standard of what you need to be at all times. That's silly to me. And so I, I never, never, never support that. I cannot close my mouth right now. You better close it before <laughs> fly flying. <laughs> So you are saying that I can post a picture of me in a bikini on the interwebs from the backside. Now, I didn't say you should. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about the other guy's wife. Oh, okay. So it's different for me. Uh, it's, it's, It's different for you in that. I wouldn't necessarily want uh, my wife, you know, it's personal then. Uh, Making good is just a news story. It's personal when you bring it in the house and say, hey, I want to put on a bikini and show the world my backside. (laughs) Now, that's problematic for me because I don't want my wife showing the world her backside. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, like I said, it's like a lot in there, you know. So, number one, are the rules in society different when you are married to a minister or when you are a minister, you know, yourself, right? I think that definitely um, people of faith have, you know, higher standards, double standards for people. Oh, you looking at the picture now. Yeah, so I'm looking at the picture now. Um, it, it, <laughs> my point remains. Oh, I, I don't, I but think. To, to be clear, <laughs> that ain't for you. <laughs> and I mean, you know, she is an actress, right? Yes. She's a, probably been a model in her career before. And I think what she said was that that was from a photo shoot. And so, you know, she was sharing it. And, you know, generally speaking, Megan Good, you know, has a um, history of playing sexy roles. Exactly. Um, She got the body, you know, don't hate. My perspective on it was, and this has always been my perspective. Okay, so first, for starters, Marissa doesn't wear bikinis for starters, which has nothing to, I never have, like, that's just never, I do tend to be a little more classic in Mm -hmm. my personal style, Mm -hmm. even though you call me a wild liberal, um, my approach is just a little, you know, just a little more conservative, I think. Mm -hmm. So I personally don't tend to wear bikinis, but I don't necessarily judge anybody that does, right? And so when we go on vacation, you know, or whatever, or we're at the beach, you wear beach wear, No hate there. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily put it on the Internet. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that the question is, you know, why are you necessarily showing it, putting it on the Internet Mm -hmm. in that position 
what message are you sending or trying to send? And that's been my position. You know, my friends will mm. tell you that. I'm just like, put that away. Like, we don't want to see that. Or, you know, like, what does your partner think about that? But some men love that. Like, they exactly. want the world to see, you know, exactly what they have or what have you in all of its glory. So it's just like, to each his own, I guess. Yeah, to each his own. I think the other thing for me is you have to understand, speaking specifically about Megan, she's an entertainer. Right. She's an entertainment. This is entertainment. You know, like you mentioned before, uh, a majority of her roles has kind of been framed around being the hot girl and that sort of thing. This is this is part of her industry. Yeah. Uh, the only conversations about whether or not this is an issue should happen in that house, um, in my opinion. Mm. In my opinion, it's none of our business to legislate what Megan Good wears in public space. Oh, that's good. So then what if in that house they disagree? Hmm. Then what? Uh, then they have to talk about it. <laughs> then they have to uh, reach a place of compromise. They have to put it on the floor as an issue and address it. Um, my understanding would probably be that it's it's probably not an issue in that house. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with yeah. that. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't know him. You don't know her. But just kind of based on uh, hearing them talk about similar incidents uh, in the past and how he has kind of uh, uh, spoke up for her in public space. I don't foresee that as something that's a problem uh, in their house. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, the worst thing for me that you can do, like who has the time to sit around judging making good? <laughs> I'm so I must say I am number one impressed by your response. Right. I, like you you're kind of liberal today. I'm really Am I becoming a wild liberal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised by your reaction. I just I was worried. <laughs> like I was just like, Lord, what is this man going to say? I mean, it's just it just feels so judgmental. And um, then I feel more conservative than you today. Wow, that's crazy. I'm, like I say, I'm just like do it. But don't put it on the internet. Like, because why are you displaying it? Although, again, I recognize that she is in entertainment. Exactly. And, you know, um, but still, I'm curious as to why. So I think it's one thing if it's on the cover of the magazine. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. But just on your social page, just because, I don't know. You know, if she was a swimsuit model, maybe. But so what do you think about this component where they're saying it because she's a pastor's wife or a minister's wife? Should that be different? No, I don't think it should be uh, necessarily different at all. Again, she is married to that man, not right. those people. Uh, and so her only allegiance is to God and that man. It, it, is she violating uh, uh, something in that in either of those contexts? If not, please, please, please have a coconut smile. <laughs> And leave the lady alone. <laughs> All right. I did want to dig a little bit more into when we disagree, because um, I do think one piece that you said it's between her and him. But I also think it's between her and her. Right. So mm. if they disagree at the end of the day, it's her 
body, her life, you know. So how do you resolve it if they disagree and they don't come to agreement? Like it's her career, maybe her publicist wanted her to do it or what have you. Hmm. Can they survive if they still disagree? And she say he says, no, I don't want you to do it. And she does it anyway. So then what? Yeah, you obviously can still survive. Uh, You have to be able to find middle ground through dialogue, whatever that middle ground may be in that particular situation. Uh, And again, it ties back into what we talk about in terms of twos and tens. Uh, So what is this decision in terms of its consequence, uh, twos and tens, and kind of making that determination from there? Okay, uh, if this is a heightened 10 for me, but it's only, you know, uh, really a four or three that I wear this, you know, maybe there's some modification there. Yeah, because I I mean, I definitely have supported couples or women in particular. That's a whole other issue, right, from Mm. a sexism perspective, because it's all it seems like it's always us and our bodies. Like, what's the taboo stuff for you to wear? Mm. Um, But it doesn't have to be a bikini. Like there's, you know, is my shirt cut too low? Like where my shorts or my skirt too short? You know, like it's so much pressure and stuff and rules on what we're supposed to do. And so, again, if my husband or my boyfriend is like, oh, that's too short. Is that your problem or my problem if I'm feeling comfortable with it? Um, it's really tricky. It, yeah, it can be tricky. But I think, again, it all goes back to you have to talk about it. You have to work to, to find common ground uh, because ultimately you don't want any person in a relationship to be experiencing frustration. You don't want to you know, be limited in terms of what you feel you can do uh, and where and that sort of thing and, and being controlled, so to speak. Right. Uh, and you don't want to feel as, I, I guess, if we're talking the, the woman is the more liberal and the man is the more conservative uh, dresser, you don't want to uh, feel as though you, your feelings are being completely disregarded mm-hmm. uh, and not taken into account. And so it all comes back to you have to talk about it, find common ground and work it out. That's why I'm surprised. Like you have an opinion about what color toenail polish I wear, which it's, is crazy. It's, it's, it's an opinion, <laughs> but it only is, okay, I really like this color. Yes. Yes. It, but I've never, you know, rejected anything. I've just, I like this color. I don't like that color. It's just an opinion. I know. And so it's... It, scale of you know one to ten it's a negative one. Oh, it's a negative one that's good to know because you always got something to say <laughs> like same color every time i would be in the same color all the time and yes. fortunately i love to ignore you so <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first that my friend is what's on my mind today awesome baby <laughs> Right. So we should move to our fight of the week and pretty, pretty low key this week. But I do need to revisit our conversation about mansplaining because mm. we had a new sighting. And this, <laughs> we, this ought to be good. This ought to be real good. OK, we got some feedback from the listeners. So really quickly, the new sighting was we have printer cartridges, right, that we sit our printer cartridges that need to go back to the office depot or wherever for recycling by the garage door so that when we go out, we remember to take them. Hmm. We usually don't remember, but we were out and about and um, I was like, oh, you know, should we take these? And you said, oh, we need to take those to Office Depot. Right. And I was just like, 
Yes. Mm. <laughs> Admittedly, I really didn't even let you get it out because I could tell you were so about to. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to give you that part. Like, Ugh. I was just like, I know you're not about to explain to me where these need to go because that's why I asked, should we take these? And we already know why they're sitting here. So we already know where they're going. But of course, you felt the need to explain mm. that where they need to go is Office Depot as if I didn't know that. So I, I think what shows up there is you are so comfortable living in a world of assumptions. <laughs> and I just like to be clear. I just like to state clearly what we doing, where these things need to go. Uh, and so you said, you know, we basically need to move them. Uh, I we... did not say move them. I said, should we take these? Oh, uh, did oh. you really? Oh, my God. Or did she say, do we, need to move, do we need to move these? So now you're conveniently <laughs> construing. So but in either case, I just wanted to be clear. Like, okay, yes, good idea. Good call, wife. We need to put these in the truck with us and take these to Office Depot to recycle them. And I want to say for the record. We never made it to Office Depot that day. <laughs> no, still in the trunk. But they're further from the door. So if you needed to clarify, if that, in fact, is your intention, mm -hmm. let me ask you this. What was unclear? Why do we sit toner cartridge by, toner cartridge by the door? Invalid question. And it, why is it invalid? Because I asked it? <laughs> no. Please answer the question. Your Honor, so, permission to treat the witness as hostile. So here's the deal. You First off, the, the question is asked wrong. The question was, why do we set toner by the door? Let's be clear. You don't set toner by the door. I set toner by the door. So unless you speak in French, the question oh. doesn't make sense. My. <laughs> so I sit toner by the door so that I can remember to take it with me and take it to Office Depot. So, so that, that is my arrangement in my head to take the toner. And um, it's independent of you. So for you to step into that conversation and say, I think we should grab the toner. I the just question to was, should we take these? Where will we be taking them? Anyway, for whatever reason, <laughs> when we shared this Facebook Live, listeners said, and they have been siding with you, that it's, it's a clarifying, and I have zero idea why they would do that. Because I said several podcast episodes ago, when we were talking about mansplaining, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> the issue is you. So now I'm like, okay, maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me kill the mystery. It is you. Maybe it's me, yes. but it's like, maybe it's a pet peeve. Mm. Like, and I only think this because it's like subtle and because I did not let you finish, but I feel I really feel like, as you just explained and proved, Your Honor, that they're sitting there to go to Office Depot. <laughs> and we all know that, that there's no reason to clarify. I see. Except to mansplain. <laughs> but you won that little If I won, where's my trophy? The listener said, <laughs> you won. I don't know why. Yes. But you won. Because they are rational people. <laughs> 
And while we're talking about pet peeves, uh, okay, <laughs> I have another instance that happened this week. Yeah, bring it on. You went to dinner at my favorite steakhouse, hmm. and you were bringing me home a plate. Yep. <laughs> I want to repeat. You went to dinner at my favorite steakhouse. Ooh, say it a little slower so you get all the <laughs> syllables in there. Yes, true story. It's my favorite steakhouse because they have my favorite steak, mm, right? Yes. And they were having a special, mm-hmm. right? So you told me that they weren't taking any substitutions on the special, mm-hmm. right? So I said, oh, well, what does it cost if we don't do the special? And it was like $25, $35 more, mm-hmm. which I didn't necessarily want to do because you were there for the special. So I said, well, I'll take, and the sides was what, it was one side that I didn't want, but there mm-hmm. was another side. I said, oh, well then I can just get the creamed corn, right? Mm-hmm. And so you were like, okay. So I've been waiting. You ate your meal there. You bring my meal home. I cannot wait Mouth to already. dig into Woo! this meal from my favorite steakhouse. Steakhouse. Right, right. What, what do shows I show up <laughs> in this bag? Creamed corn. A side of creamed corn. Alone. Alone. No steak. No steak. What do you have to say for yourself? That's specifically what you asked for. <laughs> you said, bring me, and I can go back to the tape. You said, bring me a side of corn. Period. And so I brought you a side of corn. They give PhDs to anybody. <laughs> That's not true. And <laughs> <laughs> The devil is a big fat liar. That's not true. I'm still hungry. I ended up going to like Taco Bell. (laughs) And I'm devastated. But did you at least enjoy the cream corn? I did enjoy the cream corn. Okay. Thank God for small victories. But (laughs) you went for the special Mm -hmm. on steak. Yep. The corn was in addition to Mm -hmm. the steak. Can I tell you that that steak that night <laughs> was especially amazing? I don't know if they brought the chef in from out of the country, but that steak was amazing that night. And I'm so sorry you didn't get any. So but I'll make it up to you. Half of our fights I am learning <laughs> are just unclear communication hmm. or miscommunication. Hmm. And so I am learning to just restate, overstate, extra state. How about just state fully (laughs) one time? (laughs) Just state fully. And so I'm reminded of, you know, this whole mansplaining thing that you kind of talk about. But I think in every instance that I can think of, it's because I'm explaining something all the way through that you just kind of give just a passing glance to. Captain Obvious. <laughs> like Captain Obvious. Hmm. But that's the definition. Like you're explaining stuff that's already known to someone that already knows it. Bring me a side. <laughs> I can go back to the tape. I can go back to the tape. 
Listeners, I have the tape. She said, bring her a side of corn. I delivered but you the were literal sent request. for steak. Do I have to say with the steak? Uh, I actually was not sent for steak. I was sent to bring a side of corn. <laughs> That's okay. what you asked for. <laughs> so in conclusion, I was talking to a friend of mine and lamenting this mm communication situation that we have mm -hmm. as she was talking about some communication that she's having with someone that she's dating and they're new mm. and she was just like wait you still have these same problems after 24 years of marriage and I was like uh yeah she was like I would think you would have it figured out by now and I was just like I think the longer you're together the worse it gets <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, because not necessarily because like we know each other, but I think because we know it, I don't know. I think because we know each other or we take like liberties or I don't know what it is. Like our pet peeves get heightened. Mm -hmm. You know, we can complete each other's sentences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think because of that level of comfort, then sometimes, you know, we just like we said in what's on your mind. I'm shocked by what you said, right? Mm. So just when you think you know a guy, <laughs> <laughs> turns out you know they go around and change on you. So wow, wow. it never it never dies. Okay, all right. <laughs> All right, so for today's topic of the day, we're going to deal with living with open wounds. So the dictionary defines a wound as an injury to living tissue caused by a cut, blow, or other impact, typically one in which the skin is cut or broken. So in the context of relationships, open wounds are those things your partner may have done that hurt you, threw you off guard, or set your relationship back. It could be infidelity, broken promises, hurtful words, anything that, you know, kind of set you back and threw you off. Got it. So it's the heavy stuff, basically, that typically, you know, will end a relationship. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but, it, you know, you got to understand, not all relationships end as a result of open wounds. So uh, mm. we want to talk about how you can actually live through an open wound scenario. Mm. Uh, and as I kind of say that out loud, a scenario that actually comes to mind and hits really, really close to home for me is the fact that my dad suffered no from open wound. He was, um, he had a diabetic ulcer. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he actually uh, had this wound on his ankle uh, and we spent probably a year trying to support the healing but frankly uh, by the time the wound was discovered you know it was too late you know it, the doctors basically said we have to amputate this and, mm -hmm. and that was just one example of an open wound I think that just really really speaks to uh, what an unaddressed wound can mean in life and what it can mean in your relationship. Yeah, I think from a relationship perspective, what it makes me think about Cookie Johnson, mm. right? Magic Johnson's wife. I remember this classic article in Essence magazine after he was diagnosed with HIV mm -hmm. that ran with the headline, Why I Stayed, mm. right? Everybody was <laughs> actually saying it was that big diamond that was on her finger. <laughs> <laughs> But um, we definitely know that money does not solve everything, mm. right? If it did, you wouldn't have millionaires and billionaires so miserable. Mm. But I think that's a great example of an open wound scenario where some people live through it and others don't, right? Mm -hmm. um, Lord knows we've had our own examples of hurting one another over the years and actually living through it. Sure. 
Sure, sure. So I think it's important to understand uh, that time doesn't necessarily heal all wounds. Uh, in fact, time and isolation doesn't heal wounds at all. Mm-hmm. You can let wounds fester and grow worse, but I think what you do with the time determines whether or not the wound gets healed. So if you seek proper diagnosis, if you seek proper treatment, uh, then there's an opportunity for the wound to be healed and to recover. But even if the wound heals and recover, it's important to understand also that it's likely you'll still have some level of scar remaining from the wound. Yeah, I think that's so important, kind of going back to dad. And by the time we knew there was a sore, Mm -hmm. it had already been there for a while, right? He called and said his leg was hurting. Right. And, you know, you got there and found more than just a little... More than just a little (laughs) leg pain. And so I I get there and I find out basically my dad's uh, ankle is gangrene. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we got to go. But for him, it was just like this irritating pain and he didn't really understand the severity of the pain. And so I think it's so important anytime, you know, we have those triggers in our lives where there is some pain that we really, really try to get a clear understanding of what that pain is so we can begin to treat it. Yeah. And if we mask it, Mm. if we ignore it, if we pretend like it don't hurt, right, we Mm -hmm. have a tendency to let stuff fester, right? Mm -hmm. Or we handle it ourselves. We don't talk about it, right? It stays in this house. Like there's a lot of harmful patterns in relationships that we can do that prevent us from actually making progress to get the right diagnosis and actually begin treatment, so to speak. Absolutely. So making sure that you don't just trust time uh, as something to heal your wound, but that you use time wisely to address wounds because time alone in isolation won't do a thing but just pass and the wound will fester and get worse. Yeah. Uh, I think the second thing I want to talk about with respect to wounds and healing is wounds have the best chance for healing under the right conditions. Now, this point is tough because it basically says even if the incident happened to you and through no fault of your own, you still have a responsibility to actively participate in the healing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have a responsibility to participate in the healing process. Yeah. Why do we abdicate that responsibility so often? Well, um, because I think that it's, you know, we've talked about this before. Offense is the first act of war. Hmm. And so when it's happened to us, we sort of feel like the other person is the one that's supposed to do the work. But when you make a decision that you're going to continue, and I think that, you know, leans into forgiveness, Hmm. Um, but in order for a wound to appropriately heal, you've got to take the right diet. You know, you got to feed it. You've got to get physical therapy. You got to rest, right? It's not just going to heal on its own. Like you have to take an active part and participate in it. And so again, in relationships, I think that in real life, what this means is making the decision to forgive. And Mm. once you've made that decision, then there's some responsibility on your part. Um, You know, forgiveness is like a prerequisite for overcoming the hurt. 
But once you do that, it's a conscious decision that you've got some responsibility to take an active part in the healing. Hmm. I can remember like it was yesterday, the conversation we had before our final court date um, Hmm. for, you know, the divorce to be final. Mm -hmm. And I know the court date was on Monday and you called me on Friday. My heart was drawn to you, but my head was like, I'm not doing this anymore, right? We've been separated for a year. I have done my work. I've healed. I'm over it. And why would I let myself back into this again, Mm -hmm. right? But the reality is you had also done your work and, um, you know, you'd gone through anger management. And, you know, so like I said, my heart was saying yes, but my head was saying no. Mm -hmm. And I had a decision to make. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have peace about the divorce, but... I just, it was, it was a wrestling. And at the end of the day, I had to be the one to take some action, Hmm. you know, even though I felt justified and why I filed and all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if I was making a decision to give us a chance again, I had to actually participate in it, you know, so I placed the call told my attorney, my attorney, my attorney (laughs) to, um, you know, request a continuance Mm -hmm. and gave us time, right, to explore whether healing could actually occur. Yeah. And see, that's how I know you're a Christian for real. (laughs) You're a Christian. You say for real. Uh, Because that whole forgiveness piece is really, really, really tough for me. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm very, very guarded. And, Mm. you know, you understand that about me. And so you fooled me once. (laughs) Fooey on you. Right. But you fooled me twice. Now I'm kicking myself and you'll never gain access again. Never get me again. You'll never get me again. So, no, that's how I know you're a Christian for real. <laughs> yeah. And so I think in many ways uh, what you just described in terms of uh, forgiveness and, and really working to uh, move beyond uh, the hurts of the past kind of tie into uh, my dad's amputation mm. uh, where there was a part of his body that was literally killing him. Uh, And the only way that the rest of the body could survive was to separate from the stuff that was killing him. Uh, And so I think in in many ways, when you offered uh, that level of forgiveness and we connected and were able to salvage uh, our union, um, that's kind of how that was playing out. Yeah, I think the the separation was the amputation. It was like, this is dead. This is rotten. This not working. Hmm. Right. And for some that separation point is dead it's rotten means divorce Mm -hmm. but I think for us separation gave us time to correct right to Mm -hmm. treat Mm -hmm. (laughs) what was going on because really at the core it really wasn't about the relationship there was stuff that needed to happen in me and stuff that needed to happen in you Mm -hmm. and so by cutting off the dead stuff, then we were able, I was able to see me and, you know, figure out what was going on with me. And I think that happened for you as well. And so we were able to come back. Yep. We, we got one leg, but you know, here we are in a wheelchair, but let's go forward and be happy in this way without all the bad stuff. All the dead tissue, all the dead stuff that was seeking to kill us. And the mystery and the great takeaway is this. My dad did not walk away only with just an amputated leg. He had a new leg that they put on. Oh, yeah. Uh, And so, you know, we had a new leg put onto our marriage life, so to speak, uh, that enabled us to still walk and to still have mobility uh, and to get rid of the and run and get rid of the dead stuff. (laughs) 
Yes. I love that. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. What happens when you've actually, so you've gotten over the hurdle, right? Mm -hmm. You've got the prosthetic, you've moved on, the wound has healed, but then somehow two years, five years, 10 years later, it pops back up Mm -hmm. or it keeps popping up. What's that? Okay. So you're talking about triggers. Now that's another show. Uh, But ultimately, I think Brian McKnight said it best. You start back. Back at one. Oh Lord, he's singing. You start, <laughs> <laughs> you start back at one. You mm. start all over again, and so you know this will be a continuing cycle. But you start back at one, and mm. you, you just keep persisting to one. So one is like, um, yeah. like you said, like admitting that there's a problem and addressing the problem. Absolutely, Got it. Uh, admitting that there's a problem um, that you've been wounded, that a wound exists. And then taking the necessary steps to get that wound treated. Because you don't get to hold your partner hostage forever, Mm. right? Mm. At some point, you may need to own that there's a piece of you that isn't healed so that when those triggers come up, sometimes it's them, sometimes it's you. That's absolutely true. So when I was in the eighth grade, I used to play basketball and I was going up to the rim to slam dunk and I missed my dunk, but I caught the rim, but it was like one of my first times trying to do it. So I was a little awkward Mm. and I grabbed the rim and I flung myself in the air and I came down awkwardly on my wrist and broke my wrist. Mm. Every time the weather shifts, Mm. I get a little reminder of the wound. Mm. Now I'm healed, Mm -hmm. but every time I, the weather changes, it reminds me that this happened. Mm. You have to remember that this happened. Yeah. Uh, and I'm able to quickly move away from it, but it'll always be there. I think it's the same way with wounds. You may have some reminders that come up to remind you about, you know, whatever took place, but you're healed. Mm-hmm. Walk in the healedness. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and so I think just kind of in summary, you know, how do you live with open wounds, right? You admit that there's a wound there and mm-hmm. that attention is needed, that you get the proper help, right? Mm-hmm. Seek help, get trusted resources. You get help from the person or the professional, the mentor, the advisor that can appropriately diagnose the issue that you have. Absolutely. Right? You don't necessarily go to a worthless physician. Come on. (laughs) For help with the issue that they can't necessarily solve. Mm. Um, And number three, you work the treatment plan. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. um, Which is your responsibility to do. Which is your responsibility. Absolutely. Um, so question of the day is I'm in a committed monogamous relationship outside of legal bindings. Does marriage truly offer my partner and I something we don't already have? Hmm. It's a good question. So what do you think about that? Uh, Mrs. Wild liberal. <laughs> Actually, you're the wild liberal today. So (laughs) what do you think about that? I'm going to go conservative on you. Uh, (laughs) So basically, we don't want to answer this question. (laughs) No, I I think um, marriage offers a permanence and a level of public declaration Mm. and commitment that all intimate partner relationships that don't reach that level don't actually achieve. Mm. Uh, So I think it's the permanence, 
the public declaration of commitment. And I think it's just an elevated state of being committed to someone that other don't necessarily achieve. Mm. I definitely think like we might need to do an episode on this Mm -hmm. because I think it's a very hot topic right now. I think that the notion of being single Mm -hmm. is like up for debate in society, you know, that people have different definitions of what it means to be single, right? Technically or legally, you're single if you're not married. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people have kind of resisted that. And it's like if they're in a relationship, they're not single. And a lot of people, like we've talked about, are not necessarily getting married or wanting to get married in the traditional way. So I would say that, number one, if you're listening to this podcast and you're asking our opinion, you know, we have not been bashful about the the fact that we're people of faith. Sure. So for us, marriage is a spiritual institution Hmm. um, more than just legal. You know, yes, it's a law of the land kind of thing that Mm. comes with death benefits and, you know, technical taxes, benefits and those kinds of things. But I think that the word that you said about commitment is 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 key. Mm. And again, in full transparency and bias, we are pro marriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you asking pro marriage people, should you get married? Yes. Uh, And we're not saying you should because we don't know you. (laughs) Or your relationship. (laughs) However, we are definitely Mm. pro-marriage. And I think that that commitment word matters. So you said that you are in a committed relationship, but do you all have commitment? I think Mm. marriage, like you said, is a commitment, Mm. right, that you have made to each other. So it is really the pinnacle of a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And whether that for you is spiritual or legal, or Mm. just saying to each other, like, we are going to take this ultimate step that Mm. says, not just that we're committed, right, for now, because I could be committed to keto this month, and And committed to paleo next month. Right. But going that extra mile, going that legal mile, going that spiritual mile, going that I stood in front of some people that I know and love and made this commitment mile is something different that you have to like, it's painful to break this. Like Mm. I made a vow. I made a commitment, not just to you, but to my family, to my friends, to God, to, you know, the government. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a bigger level of commitment Mm. and it's not easily broken. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is the highest form of intimate partner commitment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, you know, it clarifies what your commitment is. There is zero ambiguity with respect to what your stated intention and commitment is when you go that extra mile to accept someone in marriage. Yeah. So you may have that in your committed monogamous relationship. And if you do and that works for you, great for us, you know, and if that's true, we say, go on, go on, do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's not for everybody and, and we're not trying to force it on you know, people. Absolutely. We love it. So it kind of reminds me of, like you mentioned, the uh, uh, keto and paleo uh, diets. They're commitments. They're things you can commit to. Uh, but gastric bypass surgery, it's binding. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be painful to undo what you decided to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that just speaks to the elevated level of commitment when we consider what marriage is uh, versus all other types of committed uh, intimate partner relationships that don't rise to the level of that commitment. Yeah. That's good. And and for me, you know, obviously, again, we're spiritual people. So, you know, I didn't want to give my body, my heart, my soul to someone that wasn't, you know, all in to me. Um, uh, and that I, you know, that I knew that. Now, do people divorce and break that? Sure. Is it painful? Absolutely. Right. Um, but for me, it's worth it to go all in. Mm. All right. So we are going to call that a show. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we are a new podcast. So if you are enjoying, please don't keep us to yourself. Help us spread the word. Share our episodes with a friend and subscribe. Rate us. Review it. And if you have questions or topics, scenarios that you want us to cover, submit them at SuccessfulMarriages.org. We will continue the conversation as always in social spaces on Facebook. See you next week. See you. Bye. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us, find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.